Welcome to the Port City Church Podcast. Today, we're back with a midweek meditation on our current teaching series, Created to Become. My name is Zach Camby, and I'm a part of our creative team here at Port City. And today, I'm here with our director of community, Laurelyn Shaw. Good morning. Hey, Laurelyn. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. How are you? I'm great. Yeah? I'm great. Happy to be here and grateful to be here. Yeah. I'm excited. So we asked this question to a lot of our staff earlier this week on social media. So I thought I would ask you, how successful are you at New Year's resolutions? Do you do New Year's resolutions? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I I don't typically set New Year's resolutions. Okay. And that's in part because I, this sounds very pessimistic, but I know that I won't keep them. Mm. But the reason for that is because okay. I know that I'll change my mind. Uh. And so I think... I I cannot think of one that I've set Mm. and not kept. Mm. How about you? So I, I'm also not a new year's resolution person. Typically I am a pretty like goal oriented person, but you know, I've been going to port city for a long time and we've always kind of said, Hey, we don't do new year's resolutions. We choose words. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a free pass. Yeah. You don't need a resolution. Uh, So one year I, I tried to co-op my, my word for the year, which was foundation with reading the Bible in a year. And the thought was, as I read the Bible in a year, I'm building a stronger foundation. So it was cool, uh, but I definitely didn't do it in a year. I think it took me three. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So. um, Well, it's a process. It is a process. Mm. And Mm. it's better than than not reading. Right, that's right. I think the problem is that I, I tried to make reading the Bible in a year my quiet time, which you just can't. Yeah. Do because sometimes a quiet time you can linger on mm-hmm. one verse right. and it's like, whoa, I could stay here all day. Yeah. And sometimes you're reading through the book of Numbers and you're like, please. Yes. Will I get to the end of this right. chapter? <laughs> please, God, do something else. <laughs> so that's funny. That actually makes me think of some of the things we're going to talk about this morning. Well, then let's just dive right in. Oh, what a transition. <laughs> So today we're going to talk about what it means to be made in the image of God. But mm-hmm. first, Laurelyn, for those who maybe didn't hear Mike's message from Sunday or need a refresher, uh, what were some of your takeaways from week two of this series? Yeah, so in this series, we've mm-hmm. been talking about how formation is a process and how we have been created on purpose mm-hmm. for a purpose. Yeah. So we've been created on purpose in the image of God, and that's every single one of us, which is what makes us unique in God's creation. And we've been created for a purpose, which is to bear the image of God. Mm-hmm. And so this concept of bearing the image of God is actually a process, mm-hmm. which happens over time. Right. And uh, it's something that happens relationally. And so because it's relational, it requires proximity to God, whose image we're purposed to bear, right? right? So we're close to him. We spend time with him. We watch him. We look for him. <laughs> and that's how we, we learn him. And when we do this, we begin to reflect God's image, uh, his character, his heart, his mind, etc. Um, and then the result of that um, and his goal in that is ultimately self-sacrificing, others-oriented love. Mm-hmm. And so then when, we, when that becomes the natural expression of, of who we are, the result of that is the force of his love in this world 
which is how God is building his kingdom here as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. He's, he's choosing to do that through us. Yeah. And so, but again, that requires us to be proximate to God right. in order to keep the vision before us of the kind of person that we're becoming mm. and to trust that this is a process that right. happens over time and to trust that God is faithful to complete it. I know mm. Clay talked about that last week, mm-hmm. just that, you know, in scripture, it, you know, God says he who began a good work will bring it to completion. Right. And so we can trust that he'll do that if we're faithful to, <laughs> to stay in it ourselves. Right. For sure. We've had some conversations about this already. And <laughs> what are your thoughts on what it means to be made the image of God? Oh, man. You know, I love to complicate a thought. Um, <laughs> well, first of all, I guess, you know, for me, I think we say that a lot, mm-hmm. that we're made in the image of God. Right. And particularly those who have been in church for a long time, it has become or it can become a phrase that we say and just assume that we all know what that means. Right. And... It comes down to questions of like God's identity and and who he is and how he is, is Mm. is what Mike likes to say. And and I think with our cultural moment, that can get sticky. Right. And it's also more pertinent or important and relevant uh, than, than maybe ever before. Yeah. So I think trying to understand what is the image of God... It is a lot. I don't know where to begin, but mm-hmm. I, I guess that does help me to understand it, to say it's who God is and it's how God is. Mm-hmm. It's his character. Mm-hmm. It's, it's his mind. It's his priorities, things like that. And then it's his design and build. And then also it's the way that God is, mm-hmm. the things that God has done, mm-hmm. the way that God has shown his love and expressed his compassion and forgiveness and heart for justice and all these different things. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. That's kind of my stab. Where yeah. would you start? Yeah, so I mean, I think the the verse that kind of starts us off is from Genesis mm-hmm. and it's a part of the creation story. Yeah. And so the timing of it is used to make a distinction between the rest of God's creation and hmm. how he made us as humans. Yeah. He made all these other things that were good. Right. But the way that he made us as humans is distinctly different mm-hmm. and I do feel like there is a lot of mystery here and we yeah. definitely don't have the time today <laughs> to, to go through the whole theology of what it means to be yeah. the Imago Dei created in God's image. But mm. um, I do think a helpful place to, to start is to think that there is some kind of imprint in us that God has made us to be set apart. He's made us to be different than the rest of creation. Yeah. And I feel like a part of us learning to walk with God is that we unearth more and more right. of his image in us. Yeah. Well, and Mike talked about that yesterday with yeah. the idea of revelation. Mm-hmm. And that's where we, we understand that this is a process. Right. It's a process that happens over time. We're designed in the image of God and we have a vision for the perfect image of God, yeah. which is Jesus, yeah. which is part of why the way that he came and the gift of seeing how Jesus lived here on earth mm-hmm. in human form. That's yeah. why it's a gift because right. we get we get a picture of what that looked like, right. what he did, how he prioritized, you know, all of these different things sure. that help us understand God. Yeah. I also thought one of the really interesting, helpful parts of Mike's message was the graph that he made. Yes. So, okay. So if you picture ultimately what we're making as a quadrant mm-hmm. here. So if you see that horizontally... 
there's a spectrum, mm-hmm. if you will, uh, which represents our view of ourselves mm-hmm. from left to right. Yeah. And then vertically, we've got one a spectrum of our view of God. Yeah. So that creates four quadrants. So a low view of ourselves mm-hmm. and a low view of God mm-hmm. really brings a sense of despair. <laughs> yeah. I could see that that would be very hopeless and we can feel very empty. Yeah. If we have a low view of ourselves, but a high view of God, mm-hmm. then really we can kind of be racked with a lot of guilt of yeah. just feeling like I'll never measure up, yeah. you know, kind of being run by guilt yeah. and feeling like I have to keep doing more to, yeah. to prove myself right. to be good enough. If we have a high view of ourselves, but a low view of God, mm-hmm. well, that's just arrogance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but if we have a high view of God mm-hmm. and a high view of ourselves, yeah. I love that the word he gave was full, yeah. which I think is really beautiful. So yeah. maybe talk a little bit more about that because I know that was sort of what stuck with you. Yeah, for sure. It feels like part of what Mike was sharing yesterday, it's when you are oriented first with a high view of God. And that's where we believe in him, we trust him, we believe in his word. Mm-hmm. The things that he says about us gives us a high view of ourselves, not an arrogant view of ourselves, right. where we disregard God. And to me, that's really powerful because when you think about the greatest commandment, it's to love God. Mm-hmm. But the second commandment that Jesus said is like it, it's to love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. So I think within that, it's okay, I'm going to love God, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to revere him, which also means I'm going to trust what he says, revere what he says. The way that God sees me to love my neighbor as myself is to also see that in my neighbor. Hmm. As I learn to love God with all my heart and my soul and my mind, I start to really consider the things that he cares about. Hmm. And not only does that make me consider how God feels about me, how God cares about me, Hmm. it also has me consider how God cares about my neighbor. Hmm which should inform how I care about my neighbor. Right. Yeah, that's good. And I I think sort of what I'm picturing in my head as you're describing that is that we have, we gain the most clear understanding of who we are Mm -hmm. in light of understanding who God is. Because when we, when we know God, when we understand who he is and when we have a high view for him, part of that is believing him. And so when he says, let's make mankind in in our image, Mm -hmm. that's true. That's, you know, that's what he's done. And we see people as he sees people Mm -hmm. to the point where he gave his life, Mm -hmm. you know, for us. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think that makes sense that when we have a high view of God to have a high view of ourselves Mm -hmm. changes the way that we love our neighbor. Absolutely. And I love that he says, you know, Mike used sort of this phrase, others oriented, self-sacrificing love, Yes. you know, which is the goal. Yeah. You know, what's funny, this reminds me is that two years ago, my word was fullness. Mm-hmm. And I chose that word because I was reading so much throughout the New Testament about how, I mean, he talks about the body of Christ as mm-hmm. the fullness of God and, and how we have the fullness of, you know, the spirit in us and yeah. just all these different things. And I was like, man, I want everything that God has for me. Mm-hmm. I just want to be full. Mm-hmm. And I remember distinctly at the beginning of the year, I was challenged with a few different things and I was having a really hard time. And I, I went for a walk and was, <laughs> you know, crying out as you do on a walk, <laughs> casual. Um, but just feeling like, man, Lord, I fullness is what I want, mm-hmm. but I have never felt more empty. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of sitting with that for a little bit that I feel like the spirit was like, do you understand Mm. that actually you coming to me empty Mm -hmm. makes more space for you to be full Mm. and for, and for me to, to 
to see that I am full, yeah. you know, cause I've sure. gotten out of my own way. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, mm-hmm. but I think this graph is helpful because mm-hmm. you're right. We can so easily think that we're in that top, right? Yeah. Where we have a high view of God and a high view of ourselves. But the second that we think, Oh, I'm so great yeah. <laughs> in a very arrogant way. Yeah. We've, we've lost sight sure. of God and who he is. Yeah, I wonder if a less others-oriented view correlates to a lower view of God. Yeah. And I feel like that was actually a really pivotal part of when I really kind of made my faith my own. I remember hearing a, a John Piper quote that was, your soul shrinks to the size of your greatest concern. Mm. And I just remember I was in a season where I realized that I was a good Christian. I was going to church. I was involved in a community group. I was, you know, trying to have quiet times and everything else. And I just realized I was using everything and every person around me in a way, kind of like I was at the center of the universe and these people were just revolving around me. And when I realized that, it made me realize how empty that I felt. Yeah. And I recognized, man, what if my greatest concern was bigger than just myself? Mm-hmm. What if it really was, what does God want? Mm-hmm. And man, I feel like that just changed so much about how I even viewed God. He wasn't my personal genie in a bottle. <laughs> yeah. In my community group this past week, we're, we're reading through James. And the last line of James 1 is pure and genuine religion is this. It's to look after orphans and widows. Yeah. And the thing is, especially during this time, is uh, orphans and widows were the the least of these. Hmm. It's the people who had nothing else to offer you in the world because they didn't have any rights. They didn't have any property. They didn't have any value. Right. And so like a pure and genuine religion is to care for people who have nothing to give you in return. Hmm. Self-sacrificing. Self-sacrificing. Others oriented. (laughs) Love. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a fascinating thing to think about the image of God. Yeah. Because like I said, I think we throw that term around a lot, but mm-hmm. have we really stopped to think about yeah. what is the image of God? What does yeah. that mean? Yeah. Um, a. <laughs> yeah. And then how? what does it mean that I'm created in the image of God? Yeah. So if you guys have been following along this year, we've released content to help us spend the next few weeks to consider our one word for the year. And if you haven't already, you can check out portcity.church slash word to find the My One Word experience. And this week we were given three questions to consider. And um, this week they're they're probably a little bit more personalized than last week. Um, so I'll just kind of pick Lorlin's brain to get us started in thinking about some of these questions. Uh, question number one for this week is, how would you describe the person you believe God is leading you to become? Hmm. I think... A great starting point Mm -hmm. is to sit and to make a list of the characteristics of God. Yeah. You know, if we're supposed to image him, if we're designed to do that Mm -hmm. and called to do that, Mm -hmm. what does that look like? And so to sit and to think through, okay, you know, who is God? How is God? And kind of just make a list. And that might be easier for some of us than others for a variety of reasons. And so I think actually probably the precursor to that would be to sit and to invite God to do that with you. Mm. I mean, I've prayed that several times. Just God, show me who you are. Yeah. 
open my eyes, help me to see. And it's going to be more than just sitting down with a pen and a paper. Mm -hmm. You know, it may be when you get up and move around and interact with others or when you go into scripture and you see who God is there or you go out into creation and see who the creator is. Mm. There's a lot of ways I think that God reveals himself. But, you know, one of the other things we didn't really touch on this that Mike mentioned yesterday is that this process of formation is relational. It's not just cognitive. It's not just something that we're going to sit and think about and know. It requires us to be in relationship, in proximate relationship with God to learn him. I mean, that's true for any of us, right? So that's our life with God. That's walking with God. There's a part of me that feels like a pressure to clearly articulate Mm. what I'm supposed to look like or do, but to describe the person I believe God is leading me to become. I mean, it's Jesus. That's the vision that I have, you know, Mm -hmm. but what does that look like for me personally? Because I think that's the beauty of God's design is that he has characteristics and ways about him Mm -hmm. that that have more than one expression, which makes up for the diversity of who we are. Absolutely. Um, Mm -hmm. So the second question is what qualities or characteristics does that kind of person possess? I guess I would go back to what I said earlier about that. I would probably start this process by making a list of characteristics of God, Mm -hmm. you know, sure. and then maybe start to think, what do I see in myself? What don't I see? Mm. You know, there's a part of me that thinks like, Oh, does that set us up for our goal is perfection, Mm. which I mean, Jesus was the perfect image of God. Right. But then that also, I feel like the idea of perfection has gotten twisted Mm. culturally Mm -hmm. with what that means. Sure. But then I think of, you know, various places. Is it in Ephesians where it talks about putting on the new self? Then it has a whole list of things. And then, you know, in Galatians, it talks about the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. And so those might be a good list to sort of start with when Mm. we, when we have a vision of what we're aiming for. Yeah. Yeah. And then holding ourselves up to as well to Mm -hmm. say, okay, God, you know, where, (laughs) where don't I match up and, and where can I grow? And then maybe the next step, what, what is it going to take? Like what's missing? What's going to help me get there? Yeah. I do think our primary motivator is not supposed to be shame. No. What's the saying is that guilt says that I did something wrong. Shame says that I am wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In my mind, I'm thinking of just like with resolutions, that's the whole thing is like a lot of our New Year's resolutions are guilt induced. Mm -hmm. You know, I haven't done this. I should start doing this Mm -hmm. or I should be better at this or, you know, whatever the case may be. But guilt can only carry you so far. Sure. You know, and shame will weigh you down. Yeah. Whereas I think maybe instead of leading from that, if we lead from having a vision to live into, yeah. I think there's, there is freedom in that. Yeah. You know, and Mike did talk about that yesterday where the spirit of the Lord is, there mm. is freedom. Yeah. And so maybe that's really what should be pulling us rather than guilt pushing mm. us. Yeah. This vision of, of freedom and fullness that is available to us in Christ is what pulls us into who we are becoming. Mm. You know, and what that looks like for us individually, I think that's the beauty of of us walking with God and him revealing that to us, you know, because sure, there's going to be some similarities between you and me because we're both trying to walk in the way of Jesus, you know, but the way in which it's expressed or the way that God uses to teach us or to form us is going to be as particular to us as he is to us. And so 
man, I want that. Yeah. You know, I love that about God. I love that he's particular to how he's designed me to be. Yeah, that's great. The last question we are considering for this week is the kind of person that we are trying to become and in what ways does that person reflect Christ's heart to the world? Hmm. I think what separates this from just being a a really good self-help tool. Yes. It's it is a spiritual formation tool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so as you bear more spiritual fruit in your life, the fruit's not for yourself, the fruit is for those that are around you. Right. You know? Yeah, I think that's so good. I was I feel like this concept of picking a word has gotten a lot of shade yeah, this year. Sure. From a variety of outlets. Sure. Um, which, you know, it's trendy in some places. Right. But this piece of reflecting the image of God mm-hmm. to me is the linchpin of what makes this different. Yeah. Is that we're not just picking a word that helps us to be more perfect. Sure. We're picking a word that helps us live into the vision of Imago Dei, of reflecting and bearing and bringing the image of God, you know, on the world around us. And there's something for the world around us (laughs) in that beyond just me being, like you said, morally superior or perfect or feeling good about myself. That's so good. Well, we did it. (laughs) We did it. We made it. (laughs) We, we gave a, a not very tight, summary of Mike's message. We basically just rehashed the whole thing. There you go. But not. Not really. We didn't even get close. He he covered a lot of ground. He did cover a lot of ground, which he usually does. He usually does. We talked through the idea of what it means to be the image of God. And we also got to discuss this week's questions to consider as we're trying to inch closer to our word for the year. And so I hope that this was a helpful time for you guys to be able to process what we've been talking about, what we've been learning as a church, and for you to process these questions now more on your own. But before we end today, Lorlin, would you uh, would you pray for us? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we need it. <laughs> <laughs> we do need it. <laughs> yes, Father, we um, we come to you asking for help. Maybe maybe before I ask for help, God, I would just say thank you, thank you for the uniqueness of your creation. Thank you for your love for us that of all your creation, we were designed in your image. And although that maybe sounds simple, I just, I think it is. And yet it's also profoundly complex and we will spend a lifetime trying to understand what that means. But God, we just, we want to bear your image. We want to reflect who you are and how you are to the world, Lord. And we want to do that accurately. Um, We want to do that in a way that brings you glory, not us, not centering us, but in a way that really points people back to you uh, to understand who you are and how you are. God, you are love, and uh, we just pray that we would be faithful representations of your love to the world around us. Lord, as we engage in this process this month of just trying to figure out (laughs) who we're becoming, even in this season, just for one year at a time, Lord, would you help us? Would you help us to understand why this is important and why it matters? Would you help us to make the time to slow down and to make a list, if that's what we need to do, to think about this, to reflect, to dwell. Lord, would you give us a desire to be in your presence and to, uh, to sit with you, to listen for you, to look for you, and then to, to just know you when we see you, God. And help us to see where we are, too, and just what you're doing in our lives in informing us to who, who we're becoming. 
So God, we just give this whole process to you and let it be messy <laughs> and let it be deep, but God, let it be fruitful so that we, we can just be who you've designed, Lord. And like I said, love the world and bring you glory. So thank you for this time and um, thank you that you're with us. It's in Jesus' name that we ask all of these things. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lorlin, and thank you all for joining us today. If you would like to see our additional resources for the My One Word experience, you can check out portcity.church/word. We'll see you next week. Thank you.